my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hi, divas. Welcome back. It's time for more Masterclass time. So I am thrilled beyond compare to welcome Pei Chen to our Masterclass series. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Pei, and then we are going to just jump right into this episode. So let's get those facts. Here we go. An omnivore when it comes to performing, soprano Pei Chen enjoys singing Monteverdi with lute and bass viol as much as singing Bernhard Lang with electronics and electric bass. Up for physical challenges, she has performed with poet Caroline Bergfall on her Raga Dawn series, Outdoors and Starting Before Sunrise. She is interested in vocal and physical improvisation, DIY electronic instruments, and installation and performance art. Recently performing in Martin Creed's exhibition at Hauser & Wirth's London Gallery, where she sang music by Martin for 30 minutes every hour, eight hours a day, two or three days each week for six weeks. Can you believe that? <laughs> so as a soloist, Pei has performed at venues and festivals such as the Philharmonie de Paris, Munich Biennial, Pierre Boulez Salle, Concerthaus Berlin, Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival, Lucerne Festival, Adelaide Festival, Big Ears Festival, and with ensembles such as Ensemble Intercontemporain, Ensemble Music Fabrique, Forum Vienne, Cator Bozzini, Ensemble Proton Bern, Lucerne Festival Academy Orchestra, Gavin Breyer's Ensemble, and Crash Ensemble. And that's just a few. There are so many more. As an ensemble singer, she's a core member of Schola Heidelberg and has also performed with Ex Saudi, BBC Singers, and together with groups such as Ensemble Modern, Ensemble Recherche, Ensemble Nickel, Symphoniker Hamburg, and these have included performances at the Bregenzer Festspiele, Ultima Festival, Berliner Philharmonie, Salzburg Festival, Elbe Philharmonie, BBC Proms, and many, many more. Honestly, just check out Peyi's bio and see all these amazing things that she's done. But before you do that, stay, listen to all of her wisdom. I cannot wait to share this episode with you. So let's dive right in. Hooray! Oh, <laughs> hey, okay, welcome. Yeah. I am so thrilled that you are doing this masterclass episode with us on Studio Class. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have been wanting to chat with you in this space in our, you know, virtual realm for so long and I am just so thrilled that you're here to share your thoughts with the listeners. As we get started, will you please just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks. And also long time no see, Megan. I know. So to see you. <laughs> um, I'm Peiyi Chen. I am a soprano, but really like I just kind of do things with my voice. So, you know, voice type is kind of not so important here. Um, but yeah, soprano. And I right now seem to be specializing in contemporary music. Um, and but I also do a lot of early music and like stuff in between. But yeah, the, the stuff I'm known for right now is is the contemporary music side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and where are you based oh, and stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, currently just moved to Berlin last year. Yeah. Um, before that, I was in the UK for like 
13 years. And as long as we're going like chronologically backwards, um, before that, I was in the US. I did my undergraduate at Northwestern. Um, and I was born in Taiwan. So I'm Taiwanese and I'm American. Lived for a while in the UK and now in, in Germany. Yeah. A citizen of the world, truly. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I am so thrilled that you're here. One of the things that I, I really do appreciate is you mentioned that you sing not only in contemporary music, but also in, in other styles. And that's one of the things that I love having conversations about in this format too, is that is when we get to have conversations about voice type isn't as like is as necessary in this because I am a maker of sounds and I do it in all of these different ways and I like to work with lots of people and lots of styles and I I am obsessed with that about you and your career and so I'm so thrilled that you're you know you're bringing us those perspectives and so one of the things that I like to ask everybody as we get started is what is an intention that you're holding for yourself right now? Okay, so I have done my homework. I got your questions beforehand. I wrote notes. Um, <laughs> or rather, I have like a think about it because, yeah. Um, okay, so I think my answer is um, I'm trying to be as honest with myself as possible yeah. and as honest and earnest, or mm. honest and earnest. Um, I like with those. My yeah, because I know I know that you know being earnest is kind of not cool. You know, I I kind of I I very much kind of wear my heart on my sleeve when I perform. And um yeah, but I'm just I I I have never been one of like the cool kids, like you know, shrug, French nonchalance. That has never been me. So I just thought I'd roll with that and and fully embrace my yeah. my earnestness and my honestness with with myself with myself. When you're saying being honest with yourself, embracing that, what can you tell me a little bit more about what that means for you right now? Um. Well, it's kind of so for me. <laughs> perhaps touching on a bigger subject, I think that. Um, being a good human being helps you be a good artist like those two are like the same thing yeah and, um yeah and and you know to those people who say like well what about people who are like absolutely atrocious abusers and you know also make great art I say well think of how much more awesome their art might have been if they weren't like pieces of trash human beings yeah. um so that's, that's just that's just my take on it for now um yes. um all 36 years old of my my experience yeah. so that's also a caveat that you know I'm sure as I grow and get older in my life that my viewpoints will change so what I'm saying is just like where I am Absolutely. in my life right now um uh, you were asking me about um, how how that looks like in in my daily life, yeah. So or in my practice, and I think the answer for me is that, um, uh, yeah, it's it is deeply entwined with how I'm trying to be in this world as a human being. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of seeing my bad bits or what I what I think are my bad bits, and going like, okay, well, yeah, those are me. I own that. Yeah. And also seeing my good bits and being like, 
I'm proud of that and own that, you know, as a, as a kind of, um, uh, Asian, Asian, um, raised by Asian parents, um, often we're kind of taught to be like quite humble and, you know, not accept compliments and, and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, um, I'm working on that, accepting compliments, um, especially when they're honest ones. Um, um, but also like in the privacy of my own mind, um, I, I don't have to be that kind of unuseful, humble to myself. Mm-hmm. If I did something that was really good, I will say to myself, like, hey, good job, hey, you did a thing. You did a thing. <laughs> yeah, so kind of trying to see myself as honestly as possible, the good, the bad, everything in between. And um, yeah, and maybe not judging as as much and not commenting on it and just being like oh that was the thing okay yeah. right yeah. right just uh, um observing I think what we're going like observing I think our practice also is sound makers singers that observing without allowing ourselves to kind of like really be in judgment all the time is something that we need to practice is something that's really helpful about that and I find from a new music perspective that we make such a wide range of sounds that I've really tried to step back into an observing space of like the sounds that I'm making rather than constantly judging them good or bad. So I'm wondering if that's something that that has been useful for you, especially since we both have spent a lot of time in contemporary music. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, uh, what is good and what is bad like who gets to decide things uh-huh. Uh-huh. exactly <laughs> so how did that how did that come about like even the the thought of like soprano that's a very kind of western classical music kind of thing right, right. and so if you're not functioning in that world that label doesn't mean anything and it's yeah it doesn't mean anything um, it's just kind of shorthand for a, a series of characteristics right, right. and and so, um, yeah, I guess when it comes to contemporary music, um, you know, what is considered good or appropriate for one piece might not necessarily be considered appropriate in yet another piece. Yeah. You know, they occupy different universes and perhaps in those universes, the laws of physics are different for each universe. Yes. And, <laughs> and so you just kind of have to, um, yeah, you kind of have to get a feel for um what 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 it's like to to um be in in each universe and and perhaps you need to take that on a piece by piece basis mm-hmm. which is kind of tiring sometimes yeah. um but I suppose is like part of the fun when it goes when it goes well yeah, yeah. absolutely I in in a different vein I kind of feel that we are all teachers whether or not we're doing that in kind of the the most straightforward sense in an academic setting, but I do think that we all pass on knowledge to each other. And I think that I would love to hear more about what is a skill that you love to teach? Mm, So I have to admit that I don't have any kind of private students. Mm -hmm. So my experience comes from kind of workshopping with other singers and other um, composers. Yeah. Uh, and uh, oh, and also just performers in general, dancers, yeah. actors, 
et cetera. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, but I guess, let me think of one that's like useful for, for like when it comes to singing. Um, oh, well, I got it. It doesn't have um, to be just singing either. So just know that this can be a very open-ended question, but it sounds like you have right. one. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think at least for singers, the one thing that I was told that I've kind of carried with me all of these years is, um, from Donatienne Michelle Donsac, I think that's how she says her name. Yeah. Um, and she said, don't sing the note if you can't hear it inside. Like, mm. do not, do not, when you're practicing, when you're practicing, like, don't just like guess the pitch. Cause what you're doing is you're wasting your phone, the amount of time you have to phone it within the day, right? Like we yeah. kind of have a certain amount that we can do without wearing ourselves out. Yeah. And so we need to be quite smart about that. And I think um, the way I interpret what she said was like, if it's not clear in your brain, it's not going to be clear coming out. Wow. Um, and that could be pitch, that could be dynamic, that could be gesture, color, whatever. Like try try to play in your imagination as much as possible before you even try to sing it. Um, there is no shame in playing it on a keyboard or if you don't, if you're not a keyboard player, whatever your instrument is, just to get the pitches, get the rhythms. I spend a lot of time sitting at a table practicing and I don't sing. Sometimes yes. I make no sounds. Um, yes. Maybe I talk to the table and I'm like, da, da, da. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and um, yeah, don't, don't phonate until you know that your brain is clear yeah. um or you know don't 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 get to that step until you kind of started sorting your brain out I think um, yeah I love that as like a as as a piece of advice I was just recently reflecting on how I used to feel like my voice couldn't do coloratura you know couldn't move quickly and and it started to dawn on me over time that I was like oh it's because I I just didn't, I couldn't concept the sound that I was trying to make. And therefore it wasn't going to come out the way that I wanted it to. And that was one of the pieces of advice that really changed that around for me and helped me feel like a lot more freedom. with like moving, but I think you're so right. And I would love to hear, do you have any other thoughts about what I would call like silent practice or any of that stuff. So when you are sitting at the table and you're working on something, give me some of the, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like, what are you doing? What What is between you and the score? What's happening? Okay, so when I get a new piece, mm -hmm. um, and actually I think this, I, you know, I'm saying like contemporary music, but actually to be honest, I kind of treat all music mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and I guess in this case, we're talking about notated music. So let me like, at least, you know, narrow it down to notated music. Um, I, 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 I crash through it. Yeah. I crash through <laughs> it. I do like a really dirty, dirty, dirty run through. Like, you know, that thing I said about like, don't practice, don't phonate until you like know what you're doing. That That's not the step we're talking about here. Right. This is like, this is like when you're playing like the video games or something and like there's a map, but it's shrouded in mist. Yeah. Like you just have to like go on that map and like remove some of that mist so you know like what you're dealing with. Yeah. That's that step. Um, Absolutely. I, 
I figured that out um, for uh, myself when I told myself that uh, I should learn Barrio Sequenza 3. Because mm-hmm. that's like, you know, that's like standard rap for like yeah. a new music singer. And I'd never done it before. So I just like, it, the score was on my desk for two weeks. Yeah. And I just stared at it. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to start. And then after two weeks, one day I was just like, okay, Paige, you just need to like get over yourself. Let's just like sight read through this. If we don't remember yeah. symbols, we'll just like make stuff up. Yeah. You know, like I'll just like clap or like I'll I'll stomp my foot like at this point it doesn't matter we just want to know the lay of the land and we for me it's kind of like seeing also like where I am what things I need to clarify what things might be difficult what things are probably need less time for practicing and you know again video game scoping the terrain yeah um so that's thing number one and then after I've done that I'm like okay so these are the sections, you know, and I might get, I don't know if I'm feeling really on it, I may get a post-it note and even like, you know, write bar to bar, you know, yeah. this to this is the chunk, this to this is a chunk. Yeah. And then um, sometimes uh, uh, you'll get scores where the notation is a bit trickier to read, like trickier than you would desire it to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sometimes that's is um that's rhythm in which mm-hmm. case um, I have no shame slash slash yeah. slash slash beat yeah. beat um uh if it's um pitches if it's kind of like the harmonic spelling isn't quite right I, you know it's actually like an F sharp and really not a G flat yeah yeah or the way or or perhaps the way you're more comfortable thinking about it is you know horizontal rather than you know, vertical harmonic relationships, then go in and I I respell things sometimes. Like no one needs to know. It's just for the it's just for me. It really yeah. is just for me. Exactly. So that's kind of like the practical stuff. And once I kind of do that, that's when I start the kind of really silent practice mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, I'm sitting at the table. I you know, tell myself, okay, we're going to do a line. Oh, I set a Pomodoro timer. Um, I don't know if you, for people out there who don't know, the Pomodoro technique is like, um, you can actually use a real physical timer or an app and you set it for, I think at 25 minutes, is that Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. About 25 minutes. And then you get a five minute break. And after a few of these, you get like a longer break. Mm -hmm. Um, So I set my Pomodoro timer because I have a tendency to get um, a bit too obsessed Mm -hmm. and forget to get up and go to the bathroom, go get some water, eat lunch, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so these breaks kind of make sure that I'm not practicing in an inefficient way because when my, my attention is not there, there's no point going on either, right? Like right. rather practice smart, rather yeah. practice efficient than, I don't know, sit there for four hours and realize that you're no better than you started. Or yeah. in fact, I feel worse because I've just um, beaten myself up for the last two hours yeah, because I wasn't in the right mood for practicing, right? Well, and also so, that information is unreliable then if we're kind of in that headspace. I f- that's the part that I find is like, if I'm in that space, right. the, the recall when I'm trying to perform it or practice it later, I'm like, oh, this is 
this is kind of trash information in my head. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, like, yeah, like you're kind of practicing in mistakes or something. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's not useful. So yeah. And um, yeah, so I set my Pomodoro and I guess at this point we're, we're down to like nuts and bolts and what I call like brute force practicing, which is pretty <laughs> Brute force practicing, which is like, you know, you got to get those pitches and rhythms or whatever it is, you know, sounds um, in your mind. Um, this is this is the start. It's like the hard physical manual labor bit of our of our of our work. Um, and and that's when I start, you know, putting in the time and metronome, good friend, um, tuning fork, good friend um keyboards good friends you know any anything you have to kind of help you again like kind of like clarify your mind so you're not guessing quarter tones you're not guessing syncopated quintuplets or whatever anything that kind of makes it feel more and more solid mm -hmm. that's great so that's like that's like the kind of the the kind of basic musicianship step right and then and then while I'm doing that the next thing or actually I might do that even when I'm doing the kind of the crash through is to look at kind of textures, dynamics, um, um, articulation markings. Um, I always try to sing from full score if I can, if it's not like, you know, A1 gigantic. <laughs> um, and yeah, just because um, I think, I, I mean, even for like, you know, standard rip opera, full score baby, because um, knowing what, the textures are underneath you who's doing what what kind of support you have and in new music sometimes when the vocal material is you know perhaps quite instrumental and I'm not like you know front and center that's mm -hmm. not my function yeah. um you know maybe I'm a shadow um I'm the I'm the tail of of a glockenspiel hit maybe yeah. I'm uh, I'm tied in with the winds and and uh and maybe the French horn or something so like knowing my function knowing my color yeah. is really important because it makes it makes the dynamics and articulations make sense and it means that when I practice I have um a uh, uh I know um the technique that I'm going to practice also so like if I'm going for something kind of airy and it's uh I don't know uh low let's say it's airy and low then maybe I can tell myself like okay I don't need to do this one in chest voice I can you know take my head down and it's going to be like oh, right yeah, and it'll do right? it by itself yeah um where it's maybe it's like airy and high in which case like you know trying to get like the perfectly beautifully well phonated yeah. you know high thing it's not what we're going for here anyways right. so like why why am I doing like trying to do like perfect bel canto technique when really what I'm going for is like right yeah so yeah. so again that's kind of like an efficient thing like kind of knowing my function knowing what I'm looking for technique wise because that is tied in with gesture yeah um and like the faster I can kind of try to figure those things out the the easier it is for me to practice and also the more fun it is I think mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because then I get to start playing with colors really early on and when there are things that I don't know how to do um 
like distortion or growl at a certain range or something then then um I gotta go on reddit I gotta go on youtube I gotta you know ask the internet I gotta I don't know duct tape together from my toolbox so whatever tools I might already have like duct tape it together and like come up with like a thing that I could use you know Um, and that's also kind of fun so yeah Um, that's amazing Yeah. So, and then, and then, you know, just like anything, it's kind of like a back and forth between like, okay, now let's get it technically clean. Let's let me get these nested rhythms as clean as I can. Now let's do it with articulation and all of the coloring. Oh no, that means that one bit of it onset, it wasn't clear. And so the rhythm was screwed up. Okay. So it's, then it becomes like this back and forth of like kind of balancing accuracy and and um, expressivity and and wanting both I am of the opinion that you can have both and you Mm -hmm. should always Mm -hmm. strive to have both it's not either or yes Um, it's not either or no 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 and um yeah and 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 that's kind of I I guess that's it and then like when it comes to performance time then you just like throw all your thoughts out the window and just trust that you've like done your work and you're just gonna go and tear your heart out on the stage yeah. and just yeah. put it there for everyone to see yes. the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Hey, can I yeah. ask you a very nerdy question, which is yes, because, so using so many things. So I know that this is a very small part, but I really appreciate your, your wisdom on this, which is using so many things with microtones, different frequencies, that kind of thing. Can you talk to me a little bit about what that was like to start learning how to practice that, right? When you approach that for the first time, especially I think coming from a more, our kind of Western art music education tradition, right? Is that we're like very diatonic in a lot of ways. And, and as vocalists, we're often taught in very specific diatonic patterns. And so approaching microtonal music or something that's really focused on other tuning systems or different frequencies can be very intimidating. I wonder what that path has been like for you. Yeah. So, um, uh, if you can't hear it, you can't sing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, right? That's yeah, a going theme that we've the... got at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> right. 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 Like, if if I can't imagine it, I can't do it. Or like, if I get it out, then it's just like sheer luck that I hit it. Right. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um. Um, actually, you know what, for all things awesome microtonal, the person to talk to is Jeff Gavitt, who is like amazing. (laughs) Um, but I, so I am not Jeff Gavitt. I do not, my, my method is a bit more like uh, dirty and non-scientific, um, but I, I, I I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. So like, this is like the performer's quick and dirty way of like trying to figure this out. One full score again, full score. And like, look at why the microtones exist in this piece, the the universe of this piece. Is it just a way of notating, I don't know, like early music, just intonation, like mean tone tuning, in which case, like uh, with very little effort, your ear will start getting used to these things. Is it uh yeah like what what is it or is it like kind of like microtonal in like equal temperament in which case like each 
each it, it is like each kind of quarter tone is like very uh, like a square like a rigid yes. grid and you're yeah. going up there and and that in um influences how I practice so like if I know that there's like it's like a more kind of um yeah uh, it's it's more like a just intonation kind of thing and there's like a fundamental perhaps the fundamental isn't being played by anyone maybe it's not audible but it's like what all the other pitches are based off of at the very least I can try to use that as a way to tune so I'm like okay I'm the I don't know the uh, seventh or I'm the eleventh or whatever mm -hmm. above that so then that's a way of working and then um, when it's kind of more equal temperament, then that's when uh, apps, computer programs, yeah. um, things like that, that are more mathematical and more kind of rigid, yeah. um, I think help. Um, the one that I really like, unfortunately, somehow I can't get it right now in Germany after right. I've moved. It's called quarter tone piano um, because yeah. it's just like it's a keyboard and yeah. it's it's really easy in your pocket and it might not be like the most precise thing but for a lot of things it's good enough yeah. um and you can practice on the road with that very easily um I personally don't have a laptop so a lot of the um uh, SP patches that one uses for that kind of thing I don't have easy access to yeah so yeah so quarter tone piano app if you can get it get it um, I'm gonna write that down <laughs> yeah yeah for sure. <laughs> just play around with it and then you know and then if the quarter tones are like ornaments if they're more kind of like pitch bends or something like that you know then pitch bend to your cart's content if yes. there are references to other kind of musical traditions then like I would go and listen to them and like try to sing along with it and just to like get it in my ear yeah you know yeah, and then absolutely. it then like a more natural thing because I think at the end of the day what I I have I'm making music I'm not I'm not impressing you with you know numbers mm -hmm. <laughs> right? like at the end of the day it's a it's a it's a piece of work it's a piece of art and I'm trying to do it like and so I think it needs at least for me like it needs to be in my body mm -hmm. so that's that's the most important thing whatever it takes to get it in my ear in my body yeah. right um is that useful <laughs> that is beyond useful that's exactly what I was hoping you would talk about so thank you because okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it can be so intimidating to just kind of I, and a lot of people are maybe getting that score, but like later in their, in their trajectory as singers, and they maybe don't, aren't in an academic environment anymore, or they're like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with this? Or like, do I have the tools to help me practice this in a way where I feel like I'm actually making the sound and not guessing? And I think that's why I always want to have these kinds of conversations here. So if you're listening, then you have like, oh, I can at least, I know that there's a thing, this quarter tone piano like app that I could like try, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I think, um, you know, the other thing I often use is this app called ClearTune. It's really a tuning app, but yes. it can play like- I'm a big like, fan of ClearTune. 
absolutely and it drones you can make it play a yes. drone yeah and it can be like a pure sine wave or it could be like a dirty sawtooth sine wave whatever you need to tune with and sometimes just kind of singing against the drone is really useful or I recently actually recently last year yeah. um I did um Lucier um wave songs and it has like very clear kind of um uh uh, is it hertz or is it sense i don't remember i'm so sorry <laughs> um anyways that has like i think it's really clear sense i must be that written in yeah and so like with clear tune if you like click off the little um thing that's in the the center of the dial there's like a little lock there you can like actually like get the oh it must be you can get both hertz and sets um mm-hmm. i think on it and 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 um microtonal things and so i would just like spin the wheel to like the right pitch and make it play it and then like sing it so i could yes. feel it yes um yeah cuz that piece is very much about kind of like pushing and pulling and dancing against these two other tones coming out from speakers on either side so it's a very physical thing and it it, for me at least it needed to be like a feeling a, a ear thing I couldn't um yeah it couldn't be just like a, a math thing for me so right. yeah quarter tone piano clear tune um look at the full score understand what the function of the quarter tones are in this universe yeah. and then go practicing <laughs> yes yes and and enjoy your practicing like with these absolutely <laughs> Yeah, actually, I think that like um, when I was an undergrad, one of the composers that I was hanging out with showed me was he was like, um, play like half steps on the piano, like just play like F and F sharp or something, mm-hmm. and like sing the F, and then sing the F sharp, and then try to sing something in between. Because like sometimes if you've never done it before, you're like, that you don't even know that universe exists. Yeah, you know, and try to sing something in between, and then like you know check is it like not F, not F sharp great you've just sung your first quarter tone exactly. and now then the, yeah then the next question is like accuracy and then from there you can work on but like you kind of have to get like a, a little hole in that universe first and then then you're brave enough to like peel the the curtains you know and then exactly. like slip into that world yes right it def- it definitely feels that way right <laughs> so yeah, so I really like, appreciate you taking the time to just kind of open open that up for us a little bit more, which is just like, no, there is a whole thing here. It can absolutely feel just as natural as singing in some of the patterns that you've been working in for a long time. And all and it's not some sort of magical thing. It's just like, oh, here's how we get into hearing those things, right? Here's how we open up our frame of reference to hearing that particular pattern of sounds you know yeah exactly (laughs) awesome pay i'm going to switch gears again and because we've been talking so much about practicing and kind of like the technical side of our art making i'm going to switch us and talk a little bit about the technical side of our of our careers our business side right and i'm curious if you have well to, to set this up, you know, I'm a big fan of micro actions and I feel like a micro action is something that you've like distilled down to it's like most manageable task, right? What's this thing where you can do it all the time. It feels very achievable because you've just distilled it down. So it doesn't feel like, you know, 
get a residency or something like that, do like this. It's like, that's a lot of moving parts. Right. And so I feel like when we share some of our entrepreneurial thoughts with each other, it can feel very overwhelming because it feels like, well, how am I supposed to get to that? How am I supposed to be doing this like full experience when I don't know what the first like actionable step is? So that's why I get kind of interested in talking about micro actions with each other. So I'm hoping that you could share a micro action that you feel like has helped you feel momentum in your career or just kind of helps you feel like you're doing something actionable towards making more of the experiences that you want to have. Hey there, divas. Real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode. Do you love Studio Class? You can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash mezzoenen, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes, you can make listener requests, and for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? Here's your chance. As a Masterclass Scholar, you're invited to the recording of the Masterclass episodes, and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive Q&A after the taping. So come on over, check it out, patreon.com slash And now we're back to the episode. Right. Um, okay, so um, admission, uh, confess. <laughs> I'm a terrible hustler. Awful. <laughs> like if you're if you're talking about hustling in like the kind of traditional sense and like all those self-help books, I am I am not your girl. Yeah. Um everything I have to say, everything that has come my way that has been amazing has been because I was just kind of doing my thing. Yeah. And um, you know, I have I have they're not like incredibly high standards but I have expectations for myself I take pride in my work I show up and I try to do the best that I can with what I have um and I try to do it with as much joy as I can because I know that being a musician is being an artist is a privilege no (laughs) right so I try to have um a good attitude not for other people for me yeah. And I try to have the standard for me again. It's I, it, there could be nobody in the room, and I will still try to do all of this. Um, yeah. And so people have just kind of seen me while I was like doing my thing, and and then um, and then things just kind of magically happen. I know that's not useful, so let me say the useful thing. Um, again, going back to the thing we talked about earlier about you know being a good artist for me is being a good human being right it starts from trying to be a good human like a good egg and and it kind of reaches into the art right and and that the art making is a reflection of how I would like to walk through this world as a human Mm -hmm. um and um I'm quite shy and um a bit awkward sometimes and so I'm always really grateful when someone goes out of their way to put me at ease or try to make me feel welcome and comfortable so when I can when I when I when I have the opportunity to I try to do the same and that has been the thing I think I Mm -hmm. think that has been the thing that has is my micro gesture yeah um that's the thing um you know 
be like, hey, my name's Pei. How are you doing? Wow, that piece, you know, we're working really hard. I know it doesn't sound quite lovely yet, but, you know, we still have two more days. Like, don't worry, don't worry. It's going to yeah. be fine. Do you know where the coffee machine is? Yeah. Here are some gummy bears, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and just kind of being, showing up as like a real human being, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. yeah. the other person is not festival director, composer, famous performer, whatever, you know, at the end of the day, they're humans. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so just trying to be a a nice human with them is all I I can say. Because, okay, to talk about it in a slightly more cynical way, I suppose, um, at a certain level, at a certain level, once you reach a certain bit of your career, everybody can sing yes. everybody is good at what they do yeah. um and um the thing that makes a difference is whether or not you are a joy to work with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yes. and you don't want to of course you don't want to fake that right mm-hmm. um but and and uh, a joy to work with is everyone has their own way of doing that some people are really quiet but really intense some people are gregarious and really just like 200% here for you and and all of those are necessary in our in our field and all of those are a joy to work with and so showing up honest earnest for me um and and um having fun even when the work is really hard um I think is 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 the thing that makes a difference Definitely. being a human right yes, yes. yeah I love that yeah I yeah think that's and, so and to be honest, um, now I am kind of luckily in the position where a lot of the things that come my way, I haven't auditioned for. I mean, I haven't auditioned in five, six years, something like that. And I think it's because I am slowly building a body of work or a, a way of working where um, it's not just, I'm not just another soprano. I'm I'm payee, I'm me. Yeah. And yeah. you know what you're getting. Um, you get this personality, you get this work ethic, you get whatever tools I've duct taped together from my toolbox of <laughs> um, you know, and and that's either your thing or that's not your thing. And if that's your thing, I'm happy to be there. If that's not your thing, um, I'm happy to be your friend, but we don't have to work together, right? And so yeah. I think being human, micro gesture, being human, just keep on trucking. You're doing great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think some of the things that you pointed out in this are also you've, you've consistently built your body of work in a way that really shows that you have the skills that that person might be looking for. Right. And in such a way that people are like, I'm going to remember I'm going to remember working with you, not only for who you are as a human, but also for who you are as an artist. And I would like to do that again. Right. And so do you think that earlier in your career, obviously at the time where you probably were doing more auditions and doing things, what kinds of opportunities and experiences were you looking to bring into your life so that you could build a reputation for the things that you do? I'm not sure if we're always thinking about oh, I want to build specifically this thing. But I think, I think we can, in hindsight, look at like, well, I I ended up like really applying for these types of things, or I really wanted to be in this space, oh, quote unquote, this space, you know? Right. I, um, I know that 
uh, sometimes people are told, you know, like, think about your brand, think about what you're good at. I do not know what I'm good at. All I know is that I do the thing that I am given mm-hmm. as well as I can. Maybe that's my brand. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and to be honest, so like when I was starting out, um, you know, there would be projects that I do because, um, well, buying groceries is nice. Paying rent is nice. Yeah. Shall we just say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, and so there are those kinds of gigs. And also doing those, I, you know, every chance I get to sing is a chance of practice. Yeah. You know, technique, whatever. Like, it's a chance of practice. So that's great. If I'm being paid for it, even better. So mm-hmm. I will take that. Um, and then I had some projects perhaps that weren't so well paid or were with friends and so like not paid or whatever. But they were keepers of my soul mm-hmm. keepers yeah. of my heart yeah those yeah. those were the things that kept my 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 heart fulfilled yeah um because sometimes for gigs you know whether it's like a jump in for a choir thing or um a new music piece that I'm like really not digging or whatever sometimes I take them and sometimes it's like Oh, sorry, this sounds really bad. You can cut this out later if you want. No. Sometimes you, I feel like a music prostitute where like, yeah. they don't, it doesn't have to be me. You know, it doesn't have to be me. It's yeah. just like they're looking for a body yep. that does yep. that thing. Yep. And I am the body that does that thing. I am so and, not cutting this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. New, like, and it doesn't, it's not just like, you know, early, like new music. It's not yeah. just for new music anything there we all have these experiences Mm -hmm. and my I had this feeling early on like if I do too many of those and I didn't have projects that were like keepers of my soul Mm -hmm. then then it would be quite easy for me to I don't know turn into one of those you know in the orchestra where they're like leaning back on their chair and playing and they just kind of you're like why yeah why why are you there? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, it doesn't mean anything to you anymore. Right. That kind of thing, right? Well, because and I, you aren't really in it anymore. It's just you right. just doing the the thing that you do without your your person being a part of it, your artistic voice being. Right. A part of it. it doesn't have to. Right. Like, not every gig is going to be like the fullest expression of your artistic voice, but like, but there are de- there's definitely a difference, right? Yeah, when you kind of feel like you're just another body. And mm-hmm. and that's, you know, I hope I never get to that. And when I was beginning, I, I was very careful with myself. I was like, if I ever seem like I'm towing the line towards that, mm-hmm. I hope one of my friends will be very honest with me and be like, hey, what's going on? Because like, this is what I'm saying. And I hope that I have the courage to be like, okay, clearly this music thing is not working and I need to do something else. Right. Um, yeah. So, so, so yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of had like categories of gigs for myself and I have to say, I think my intuition of, of what I need yeah. is quite strong and yeah. I it's always a balancing act for me mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's why I'm a freelancer and I don't belong in like a radio choir or an opera house or something yeah. like that because um I I just I need a bit of variety in my life and I need a bit of balance and I need the freedom to 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 figure that out on a 
well, on a day-by-day -day basis, I suppose, um, and also on a longer trend basis. Yeah. So, yeah, and, um, yeah, and, and I, I, I also had lovely friends who had nothing to do with new music, mm -hmm. you know, ran choral societies and whatever, and, um, offered me like solo gigs just stepping in for a concert or something and even though that wasn't quite the direction I knew I was probably headed in I took them anyway because again it was a chance to practice being on stage mm -hmm. it was a chance to practice to learn repertoire that I probably wouldn't have otherwise learned um, it was my friend being super lovely to me and giving me this opportunity and I love working with friends so there's that you know so so there there are all these things that I took when I was younger that you know added to what I am today choral society gigs singing in a tiny village church um uh doing graphic scores lying on the floor um you know um going to Darmstadt and being really freaked out going to impulse with you yes. and like not knowing my ass from my elbow and, like, you know so I'm glad okay, I wasn't the only one at that no, can I tell you the story of impulse to me because like the, the time that we met yeah um so your listeners um Megan and I met at Impulse Academy in Kratz. Yeah. Um, I don't remember when, how long ago that was. So this would have years. been 2015, like yeah. February of 2015. Mm -hmm. Right. So I had just finished my master's and I was like, I think I'm probably going to go towards like more contemporary music because I don't scare easy. Yeah. So I think that's the only requirement, I think, for new music for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. That you don't scare easy. And you're you're okay, like figuring it out along yes. the way. Yes, um, <laughs> one hundred percent. It. <laughs> it's just like courage and naivete. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think actually we should start a new fach called contemporary music, and it's like <laughs> everybody who didn't find a fach to belong in but is willing and curious is welcome to join. Yes, um, I, I'm I'm here for that. <laughs> Yeah, only requirement, curiosity, and bravery. Yeah. Um, uh, right. So anyways, back to impulse. So um, yeah, we we met. Um, I didn't know very much about anything. Um, and and do you remember Petra Hoffman, the, the voice teacher? Definitely, there? yes. Yeah, she was like very much like a traditional singer, shall we say. She was very much of the opinion that like, if you cannot sing your Mozart, you have no business singing Beafur, which I like, I get, I get. Yeah. That's not entirely my opinion, but I suppose there is something to be said about if the repertoire you're singing with comes from the lineage of Western classical music, then yeah, sure, having the tools to do that, I get it. Yeah. Um, anyways, micro action, coming in micro action story I was just a human with her I was there to learn I was not there to um be seen because yeah. I know I knew that I had nothing to show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I you know some people were really experienced they knew pieces they knew things yeah. I knew nothing I was really 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 there to be a student and to yeah. learn from her 
and and I I uh, you know had great respect for her because she was like the soprano the soprano oh for the opera yes right yes um you know giant cheekbones high notes like no one's business yeah for days just like yeah unending okay. <laughs> like- at our last lesson she asked me you know it's been a joy working with you if you were in Germany I would love to take you as a student and I was like sadly I live in the UK and have no money so yeah. um yeah. and she was like can I do something for you and I was like what she was like can I do something for you and I was like well I wasn't prepared for this but I would love to sing with an ensemble in Europe I would love to do because I I besides doing solo stuff I love on like chamber music making yeah and I wanted to not be in a choir but I wanted to be in a vocal ensemble because I adored that um and she was like have I got the group for you let me do the introductions and then after you know a couple of very long actually it might have been like six months or something like that and then I came in I auditioned for Shola Heidelberg which is Mm -hmm. the ensemble that I work with a lot right now and from then on um, I got to work a lot on my musicianship skills, tuning, pitch, rhythm, um, because we have absurdly long rehearsals um, times for projects. Mm-hmm. And so it, it gave me a chance to kind of grow and figure things out as a musician yeah. and, and also really challenged me. Like the first thing they booked me for was Prometeo by Luigi Nono. Like I was in the vocal ensemble part and I was scared shitless. <laughs> it was like really quiet, amplified, two and a half hours with no breaks. Yeah, and right. you know, a big huge festival with like uh yeah, it was just like it was like the real deal. And I was like, oh yeah. I and as I was packing my suitcase, I realized that I had no German. I knew how to say yes and no and hello and goodbye I did not know any German bar numbers I knew Mm -hmm. nothing Mm -hmm. I knew nothing and remember what we said about courage and naivete I just said well they knew that I only had English when I did that um, audition and they booked me anyway so I'm just going to trust that they know what they're dealing with as I pack my suitcase Um, and, and and you know uh how many years later yeah. You know, I think I started singing with them in 2000, maybe 16, 17. Amazing. And, and so many years later, I'm still with them. Um, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, yeah. Be a human. Yes. Be a good human. Do your best. Yes. And that will that will shine through in your artistic work. That is my only advice. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And also just be, you bring both of those things, which is I do really want to to highlight your incredible work ethic and the the standards that you bring to things so it's it's really both of those things because people want to they recognize how how strong you are in those things and they want to be a part of like helping you take that farther into the world right and yeah that's super important so both of those things it's it's like showing up bringing your best self to the work that you're making as well as bringing your best human self to the experience. Those are two really, really important things. Yeah. And also I think sometimes showing up and bringing your best self isn't always like sometimes what we're taught at conservatory that like no chinks in your armor, you know, show up and like, you're like super strong. No, like sometimes being vulnerable 
not knowing things, but being willing to ask questions and really being willing to listen mm-hmm. and learn like that, that is in some ways that is more useful of an attitude to have than going like, oh my God, I must know all the things before yeah. I show up. Right. You know, and having to be this like well. statue of a person who has all of their things together. Right. I think there's a difference, like work through as many of the things that you can before you get there. But when you're there, like, it's okay to ask questions and also be malleable enough to try things. That's like the other part about not being a statue in those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, that's the part that's like, kind of like fun. It's like being a kid again, right? Mm -hmm. Like you show up, you have your ideas, but you're like, you're ready to play. Yeah. But rehearsal is like playing. You're like, okay, we're all together now. Let's figure some of this out. Oh, I thought we were going to play spaceships, but I guess we're not playing spaceships. I guess we're playing Arctic Explorers. Great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's totally it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, yeah. And again, I think, I think having a good attitude is, is like the most important thing. Everything else, you'll figure it out on the yes. long the way. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I really want to make sure that I leave time for this. We've been having such a great conversation, but you also have so many things that are coming up and I want to give you a chance to kind of tell me about things that you're excited about what's really activating that sense of play for you what's feeling like um a really positive working situation any of those kinds of things and I don't know if one can get through all of them but I I really want to hear just like what what's filling you up these days musically what are you doing So um, I have a, I'm on a disc by Samuel Andreev um, with Ensemble Proton Band. It's a uh, a a portrait disc, that's the word, portrait disc of Samuel um, that's coming out, I think, in June. So that'll be nice. Um, New work by him for voice and ensemble. uh, That's coming out. I have uh, made a little project for myself it all came about I'll, I'll try to keep it short because I know we're like running out of time but my my friend and like uh I kind of she doesn't I don't think she knows she's my mentor after, like my, <laughs> but she kind of is my idol um the shout out Juliet Fraser yeah um, she got in contact with me to say like a while ago during the pandemic lockdowns to say like hey you know she has this person who's like a private donor and she's kind of trying to dip the the donor is thinking about dipping her feet into kind of arts philanthropy and wants to start kind of small and if I had some ideas of like something that was small like can I pitch some projects to her she has a couple of people that she wants to like think about and choose from and so I was like well the recordings I've been sending out are like 10 years old so probably should do some new recordings and one thing kind of led to another so she had an amount that she was um really happy to give me no strings attached to work with really generous and so I was like okay let me just like see what kind of funding things in the UK are available and I landed on a help musicians um they're like a charity um for for well for musicians yeah and um one of the things that they were willing to fund was um uh, recording like specifically recording projects yeah. and it didn't have to be classical music it could be like you could be a rapper you could be yeah. a, a rock musician doesn't matter 
And so I filled out the application, first ever grant application, first time lucky. Yeah. And got the money. And so I was like, okay, Thunder, Thunderbirds go. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so on top of all of that, my pitch was like, okay, well, we're gonna record some stuff, but like, why don't I ask a good friend of mine, Angie, if she can like shoot some video while we record? Yeah. And of course that will limit like her ability to move around so much, but like, we'll talk it through because during the lockdowns, I realized like how many videos I was watching Mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my first port of call when I'm like looking up repertoire is not Spotify or Apple music. It's actually like YouTube. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I want to be in that pond. Um, So, so like one thing led to another. So Angie's working on the videos. Um, Aaron, my husband, did the the sound. And and I was like, well, but these pieces aren't just like pieces. They're like pieces that have been with me for more than a decade. Right. And really what I'm doing is like a love letter to them. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I should write something about that. So that's the project. The project yes. is videos, recordings, a bit of text about yeah. like um, how I got to be in contact with these pieces, my process of working with them. Cause like two of them are Michael Finnessy pieces that don't get done a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and one of them's a Jennifer Walsh piece. And, and uh, it has been done by some other people, but you know, I kind of love the story of how Jen kind of trusted me with the score. So I'll write about that. That's yeah. another thing. Um, and then lastly, stage things coming up. Um, I've just started working with this group called Nico and the Navigators. Oh, fun. Nico. Yes, Nico is a real person. Yeah. Nicola Huxley is her name. And um, yeah, so they put together these kind of extravaganzas where the last one I did was at the concert house with the concert house orchestra here in Berlin and it was two actors two dancers three singers uh a band and and then the orchestra and and the there's a theme the thing is um ecstasy and loops they wanted to play on Adam Shaker loops and how the shaker kind of through repetition and movement and um kind of found this kind of ecstasy so that was like our jumping off point and then we all brought like text music dance whatever and all together and I sang I sang a a bel canto aria I sang some Barbara Strozzi I sang some Beatles Uh, I was gonna sing some yeah yeah yeahs but it got cut so (laughs) like that's my I realized that's my happy place Mm -hmm. not just like classical contemporary music but kind of the whole range (laughs) right and on on top of that like um they do like kind of close-up cameras uh live cameras for for the staging so our faces are kind of um shown on the screen behind us like giant screen yeah so so there's also a bit of like um kind of close like film acting that's yeah. that's thrown into the mix of like live theater yep so it's really interesting because you know when you're in theater you're like thinking your movements have to be like this gigantic uh-huh. but when the camera is like right, right there, there. <laughs> right. like it then then actually everything on your face immediately shows mm-hmm. and um you have to I at least for me I have to be really real mm-hmm. and really earnest and honest yeah. with my facial gestures and very careful with them um, because everything shows yeah. Um, yeah and and that's like that's a new space that I'm exploring this kind yeah. of 
the, the camera, the sometimes I'm covered in blood rolling on the floor while singing a pop song. Sometimes <laughs> I, you know, like all of that. And yes. um, it's, that's my happy place, uh, yeah. a melange, a melange yes. of stuff. I love that. And yeah, so we have, we're doing a revival in December of that, the, the, the show that I just talked about. And I'm going to be working with them on a new thing called The Truth About Lies um, next year. Don't know what it's going to be yet. Don't yeah. know. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. But I guess we'll find stay out. Stay tuned. Is the yeah. <laughs> like we got to find? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's so that's crazy. my that's my update. Yeah, I love that. Well, and you said you know, kind of piquing your curiosity, and you know that I'm a I'm a big fan of curiosity. I think it's you know a superpower that we have as humans, and that kind of brings me to the question that I love to ask, which is, what's something that you're deeply curious about right now? Oh my god. Okay, again, I did my homework, and I was thinking through all of my questions because I have so many questions. Um. <laughs> I think the one that's probably the most pertinent, and actually I'd be fascinated by what you have going on for you, Megan, is how do you juggle practicing for like multiple projects at once? Because at this point, I'm kind of like, oh my God, oh my God, I just finished a thing, but the next thing is coming. And so I must practice. And I would love to have like a longer term, like project planning thing with like, (laughs) spreadsheets and stuff (laughs) I don't know like how do people manage it like I just feel like I have plates spinning in the air and something's gonna drop and like break at any moment which is a good feeling no um yeah and and so like I would love um lovely people out there also lovely Megan um (laughs) if you have like a project planning thing or a secret to just like tell me because I I'm so curious and I would like to like stop being so stressed by yeah. my inability to plan in advance that's, <laughs> it. that's my question for the world I love that okay well that definitely brings me to the part where we talk about also where can people like connect with you because maybe we want to share these things more openly and we can all kind of talk about them together right on on the interwebs where can people find you on the interwebs so that they can like say hey pe i heard you on studio class and here's the thing that i like to do right excellent yes please please hit me up um i my website is pechen.com which is spelled p e y e e c h e n and um, I'm sure, you know, you'll you'll put it somewhere, somewhere. So it'll be there. There's a form, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. There's a form to email me um, on there. So uh, yeah, hit me up. Let me know your project planning templates, please. <laughs> and um, other than that, I'm not really on Facebook, um, but my Instagram is there, but it's mainly like me eating cake. And <laughs> I feel like, very worthwhile yes I want yeah it's, yeah it's mainly like running and like cake yes. so it, but but like that probably like shows you more about my life than anything else so like if you're into cake yeah then please join me on my Instagram and it is payee payee so it's just my first name times two yes. um, basically <laughs> yeah uh I think that's basically it I have a Twitter account but I've never really quite gotten the hang of yeah. Twitter 
I know you're like the Twitter queen though. So, you know, I, but also like Twitter has changed so much in the last, like, you know, few years. And, and so it's just like, you know, ebbs and flows, everything has natural ebbs and flows in life. And you're like, okay, well, not quite the same yeah. as it once was <laughs> like, but also I'm a great fan of because now I live in Berlin a place where some people occasionally visit instead yeah. of a village called Slawit yeah. in West Yorkshire um just hit me up with the email and I'd love to meet you for a coffee in real life yeah. I, I love meeting people we, we can chat and go eat cake Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> this is an amazing invitation. I was like, I'm gonna yes, just I, I mean it. I mean <laughs> like, I mean it. Yeah, yeah. So amazing. <laughs> hey, we will have to talk. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode or something like that where we talk about where we talk about project planning or something like that. It'll be our little like mini bonus episode. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. You can just teach me all the things about how to and I will just be there with like starry eyed and taking serious notes. Yeah. Right. Because we all like develop our own like plan and process for how long does it take to learn something? How, and especially like difficulty levels and what does it take to get this piece embodied versus can I just make sure that I do it? You know, the, all of that kind of stuff. Oh, Absolutely. I, I'm with you. I, I mean, we all develop that over time. And then what you're saying is like, as your career goes and you have, you have so many different types of projects happening throughout the year. I love that stuff. I too am a big fan of like variety in my, in my artistic life. And so I want to have all these different ways of making music with other people and have them all in my life all the time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess my question is like how to do it. So it's not like triage. So I'm not like who's bleeding out first, who's right? gonna die. Let me practice that, you know, where, where it's like more of an elegant and yeah. like fun, playful solution. Right. That's what I'm after. Not triage. No. And and I think that especially in the new music side, when you're working with people and things are coming into being is that sometimes we end up in a in a sticky preparation place which is like I just got the score and I'm about to perform it so really this is the amount that gets and and that's just the real the real version sometimes is like you are you are figuring out how much time can I actually apply to this thing versus you know and that that sometimes you don't have those like sometimes you've got a lot of time to really just figure out, oh, okay, what do I want to do with this? I know Tony Arnold has a, a wonderful suggestion about where, when she gets a piece and it, uh, it's like already composed and you, she knows that it's coming up later is that she loves to do the part, the, the, the dirty read through and like starting to do all of like the kind of get in there with notes and rhythms and all of that kind of stuff and then put it away for two months and then bring it back out. And then, and I think a lot of us that when we are able to put that process into, into action for what we're doing, it's so beneficial. And that can't always be the case, but it definitely helps you feel like you've processed the music, given it some time to grow in, you know, in your brain and then come back around to it and be like, oh yeah, it's hitting on a different level, right? Yeah. Rather than what I feel like we can so easily get into is is the triage portion of getting gigs learning music for that thing and then 
it happens and you're like, okay. And then you're like on to the next one that feels just like that. And so like, I absolutely 100% sympathize and empathize with, with what you're, what you're talking about. So we will do that at some point. We'll create a whole, a whole extra like chit chat moment because I just love listening to you so much. (laughs) So thank you for coming on to studio class. Like this is such a I don't know. You just make my heart so happy. So I really appreciate you having this conversation with me in a way that I can share that with other people and they can hear all about your wisdom and your grace and your honestness and your, your, and your earnestness and all of the things that I really appreciate, appreciate about you as a human as, and as an artist. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hey, before you go, do you have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there at Mezzoinen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends. Or even strangers, really. So with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.